From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 47. Today's show is brought to you by Lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, and Red Hat, different for the sake of better technology. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by the very, very lovely and kind of sleepy Mr. Casey Liss. <laughs> kind of is an understatement, but yes, I am very sleepy. How are you, Mike? I'm good. Why so sleepy? Uh, so we are recording on Tuesday, the 30th of June, and uh, Aaron and Declan and I just got back from uh, our trip to Florida that we talked about last episode um, on Sunday late. And then during the day Monday, I was starting to feel kind of crummy. And by Monday afternoon, I felt super crummy. And so I think I'm also I was blessed with a summer cold as I returned home from my vacation slash holiday. But much better to have it at home than to have it when I was in Florida. So I am I'm gonna break from the norm right now. Okay. So I mean I had some follow up. Mm-hmm. But now I'm gonna eschew the follow up to talk to you about your trip, which I guess is kind of follow up, but is more like a little mini topic. Okay. Uh, I've decided to to upend the standard podcast format, throw it all on its head, and reinvent the medium. Uh, well, as long as John Syracuse doesn't listen to this show, then we'll be okay. If he does, then we're we're going to pay the price later. So my understanding uh, from talking to John is he's very, very, very far back on this show. <laughs> so he listened. So he told me this in San Francisco. I mean, I can say this because he doesn't listen to the show. So he listened to episode five, and it really upset him, and he felt like he needed to take a break for a few weeks, and then has just never been able to catch up properly. Oh, interesting. Upset is in upset at us, or upset is in it's a sad topic. And do you not remember episode five? That was the one where we talked about like Stephen and, and me, right? Yeah, that was the one where and everybody cried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that it was upsetting, and then he he had to give it a break for a bit, and then and just never came behind. back. Yeah, he just got caught so far behind, he now doesn't know where to start. So I told him that he should listen to. I can't remember when it was, but I gave him one. I said, just jump back in. And he said, he can't. He said, I have to listen to it all. And I was like, well, then you're kind of stuck, aren't you? <laughs> like, you show he subscribed to it, and it's just building up. All right. Well, one day. Maybe. Right. Yeah, just, we'll see. He just needs to take a week off and just catch up. Well, the good news is, since he basically doesn't listen to the show, we can totally upend the rules of follow-up, and he'll never know any different. Exactly. Well, someone's going to tell him now, though. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So, uh... You are back from Florida. When did you get back, did you say? Sunday evening at about... Okay. Uh, the plane landed somewhere between 9 and 10. By the time we were back in the house, it was close to 10. By the time I went to sleep, it was like 11.30. And that, for me, is pretty late. So I was already sleepy. And then, like I said, I woke up Monday, yesterday, with a bit of a cold. So I'm trying to push through. So how were the flights? Uh, the flights were good, actually. Um on the way down to Florida, um, Declan just had a pacifier in his mouth and was, you know, kind of suckling on that, and didn't seem to be very phased by the the pressure changes, um, which was very good. Um, he didn't really fuss that much. He took a small nap on the plane. You have to understand, Mike, that once you become a parent, your life, your quality of life, or at least I feel like that's the way it is for us. Your quality of life is judged by how well or how poorly your children sleep. And so when Declan gets a good nap, everyone's happy. If Declan gets a bad nap, nobody's happy. And so he took a sufficient nap on the plane on the way down, which amounted to me walking up and down the aisle when the fasten seatbelt light was turned off and kind of rocking him until he passed out and then sitting in my chair and 
in the most uncomfortable way possible in order to prevent him from waking up, blah, blah, blah. But um, we got to Florida. We um, went and visited um, some family that are down there, uh, spent uh, just a little bit of time with them. We flew uh, Monday, so we spent just a little bit of time with them Monday afternoon and then spent Monday morning with them. After that, we... Um, I'm sorry, Tuesday morning. After that, on Tuesday afternoon, we made a three-ish hour drive to Orlando to go to Disney World, uh, which was mostly okay. Uh, Declan got a little feisty here and there during the drive, but, you know, stuff happens. Uh, didn't go into the parks on Tuesday. We just got situated in the hotel room. Uh, and then uh, Wednesday, we went to Magic Kingdom, which is the like stereotypical Disney park, the one with the Princess Castle and all that, uh, with the People Mover, which I think we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, Thursday, we went to Epcot, which is the one with the big globe in it. The the I forget the term for it, but the f- weird silvery globe thing, um, which they refer to as Spaceship Earth, but it's a ge- geometric shape that escapes me. Um, and then Friday, we woke up and drove to the wedding uh, and spent Friday and Saturday doing wedding-related things. And Sunday, uh, spent some time with my good friend's uh, family while we waited for our flight to leave and then got home late Sunday. So... It was a long week. It was a great week, um, but I need a I need a vacation from my vacation. Um, and real time follow up. I believe Valthanis is right. It is geodesic dome is what I'm thinking of for Spaceship Earth uh, at Epcot. So anyway, so are you especially tired because of Declan? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Um, I, I, it would be a very easy cop out to blame him, but to be honest with you, he was about as much of an angel as anyone could possibly hope. Um, and he really didn't fuss very much and at all, like at any point, he didn't get too fussy about being hot because it was just absurdly hot down there. It was something like 90 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit with 11 million percent humidity um, the entire time we were down there. And that was tough to say the least, but he was a trooper. Um, And, and so I think I'm just tired because I've been going, 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 going for a week now. And then right when I got home, you know, I started to get sick, and that just makes it even worse. So when are you back at work? I worked at work yesterday, Monday. And then because I felt like crap, I didn't want to infect my coworkers. So I worked from home today. And then I'm hoping I'm going to – I feel like I might be pulling out of it, knock on whatever. Um, so I'm hoping tomorrow, which is Wednesday, I'll be back at the office. But we'll see. So how did you feel about Disney – in general though like was this a disney holiday like you're used to or was it different did you <laughs> did you uh, experience and enjoy new things about disney that you haven't before no um so this experience to be completely clear was not for declan it was for aaron and i because he's just yesterday eight months old so he is barely alive at this point. I don't mean that to be nasty. I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're starting to see shades of a personality in him, but he's still kind of a mush. And so we were going mostly for Aaron and I, and when we went for Aaron's 30th, when we went for our honeymoon, you know, we would wake up early. We would go to the park, whatever park that may be. We would go, 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 come back, usually take a little nap in like the early afternoon. And then, go back to whatever park and go, 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 go until we basically passed out on whatever transportation was taking us back to our hotel. 
this time, by the time we were prepared to get out of the hotel room and we have eaten and he has eaten, it was somewhere between eight and nine o'clock. And then we would go to either Magic Kingdom or Epcot, ride usually one, maybe two rides, and then it was nap time. So you have to try to find a quiet portion of Disney World, which is a challenge in and of itself. Uh, we would take a short nap, then we would go, 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 and do like two more rides. <laughs> um, and then we would go back to the hotel, let him take a proper second nap and we kind of took a short nap ourselves and then we would go in do another ride have dinner and then basically come back to the hotel so i think over the entire two days we were there we probably rode maybe 10 or 15 rides and i would say when it's just aaron and i we would ride 10 or 15 rides in half a day maybe a day tops so it was a very different pace than what we were used to but to be honest that's not a bad thing and it was in, in some ways, it was kind of nice to be a little more relaxed about it. The tough thing is that even though we were more relaxed about the rides, it was tougher in that, okay, when are we feeding him? When are we um, trying to get him in to, to go to sleep? Where are we trying to get him to go to sleep? Oh, the Hall of Presidents. That sounds like it's pretty quiet. And then it's quiet in the Hall of Presidents of Magic Kingdom until they announce, oh, the show is about to start on the loudspeaker at a million decibels. And so it was an adventure, but um, I'm really glad we did it. It was a lot of fun. So it's a, you know, it's the different pace like with the rides and stuff because you kind of can't go on it together. Like you need one of you to be around so you just kind of forego them. Well, it's not as – so it's hard. So some of the rides have height requirements, so he couldn't ride them, and we didn't do any of those rides. What we could have done is we could optionally have one of the two of us wait in line and then go and ride the ride. And if you tell them in advance, hey, I'm, I'm doing a rider swap, as I think what they call it, they give you like a fast pass or basically like a, a, a skip the line ticket uh, once you're off the ride. So to, That's cool. So Yeah, so I could go in, ride the ride, or Aaron, let's say Aaron, ladies first, she can go in and ride the ride, get her little ticket, give the ticket to me, and then... Uh, I will go in and ride the ride after she has ridden it. The problem, though, is that you don't get to ride the rides together, and that's part of the fun of it, right? And so um, the only ride that we really wanted to do that on was a ride called Soarin', which is in um, Epcot, and that's Aaron's favorite ride. But long story short, we didn't get a fast pass for it up front, and then the standby line was always an hour plus. And it was just when you have so little time in the park because of the sleep schedule for Declan, it did not make sense for us to wait an hour to go on a four-minute ride, even though it was Aaron's favorite. Um, and I am pretty bummed about that. Like, she didn't seem to mind, but I was pretty bummed that, you know, I got to ride the People Mover, which was awesome. Uh, but she... I can't imagine as much of a line, though. No. Well, actually, with that said, um, the People Mover, which typically never has a line because it's one of those rides that, like, continually goes. It's not like a roller coaster where, you know, you have to set up – a train sets off and you have to wait. 30 seconds for the next train or a minute for the next train to come in. It's a constant, constant, constant flow of cars that, that are going through the people mover. And even that had like a five or 10 minute wait, which I'd never seen before. So I thought that was very weird, but nonetheless, you know, I got to do my favorite ride and she didn't get to do hers and that bummed me out quite a bit, but, but because Aaron's the best, she didn't seem to mind that much. She is the best. You did well. Oh, super well. You're very lucky. 
Oh, so lucky. You have no idea. But um, but yeah, it was fun. Are you kind of set to the fact that these things have changed now? Uh, Can you accept that? Yeah, I think so for the most part. Because um, the next time you take him, it's going to be all about him. Like this time it's kind of just like it's still about you guys and, you you know, he changes things, but like he's kind of just there wherever you want him to be. But the next time you go, he's going to want to go and see everything. Yeah, so I think the the advantage of him being a mush right now is that, like you said, we could kind of do whatever we wanted uh, with, you know, an asterisk and a dagger and a double dagger after that. But in general, it was up to us to make the decisions. Um, the disadvantage of him being a little older and more cognizant, say if we go back when he's four or five or something like that, is that he's going to have a lot of opinions. The advantage of that, though, is that now I get to relive Disney World for the first time through him, which was exactly what happened on our honeymoon, because Aaron had never been to Disney World prior to our honeymoon. And so I got to like experience all of this through her eyes. And so, And she was an adult at that point. I can't imagine what it would be like to experience Disney World through a child's eyes for the very first time. Like, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll be sad that I won't be able to do the rides I want to do when I want to do them. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm super excited to be able to show him all this stuff that means so much to both Aaron and I. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Like, I'm I'm trying not to make it seem like a bad thing. Sure. But, like, it's basically just it's different. Oh, it's and totally there actually may be a lot more amazingness in that difference. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm looking forward to it. And I don't know when we're going to go back. Um, you know, Disney World is exorbitantly expensive and prohibitively expensive, which is tough. But the reason it's so expensive, I like to think, is because it's really that awesome. Um, I was talking to some coworkers, and I might have said this on this show, but... Uh, you know, Disney World is kind of like Christmas in that you can be in a bad mood during Christmas and you can be in a bad mood during, you know, when you're at Disney World. But man, you got to try hard. You got to try hard to be in a bad mood at Disney World. And um, and so I'm hoping that, you know, we'll, we'll be able to go back sooner rather than later. But we'll see. You've put something in here. Leave a legacy. Right. So what is this? So as you walk into Epcot, um, Many years ago, 10, 15 years ago, um, they were doing this money grab where um, you could pay some sum of money, I don't know how much it was, to get a postage stamp size little square that you could put whatever you want on within reason. You could put a little message, you can put like a, a very low res picture of of you or your children or the whole family or whatever, and... Um, and, and you could pay for this. And, and what they have is as you walk into the entrance of Epcot, there's these monuments that have these metal pressings of all these different squares, like thousands of them. And so when I went to Disney last before my honeymoon, it was right after my freshman year of college and it was in 2001. And when we were there, my parents decided to purchase one of these leave a legacy, um, squares or stamps for lack of a better way of describing it well every time we've gone back which has only been well this was the third time uh aaron and i will always go look it up and take a picture next to it which is funny because i mean and i can send you a picture if i remember we'll put it in the show notes but um it's comically small like and so you see this person pointing at something that's not too much bigger than a key on your keyboard well 
I went and I found our square and I was looking at this square that was purchased in 2001 and it, and it has my parents' names and my brother's names on it and my name on it. And I'm standing there with my son 14 years later. And that was weird. It was good weird, but it was weird because here is, you know, I, I was barely a, an adult at that point. I mean, what are you in your freshman year of college or after your freshman year of college, you're like 19 years old. And here it was, you know, we had, we had as a group decided we were going to buy one of these little leave a legacy squares. And then I fast forward, you know, what was it? 10 years later, something like that. And it was six years later, I'm there with my new wife. And then 14 years later, I'm there with our son. And that was just a really trippy, really cool experience to see, you know, you kind of get connected to past you when you see yourself, when you see that stamp. And it's just, it was weird, but it was really cool. It's warming, uh, your your son is warming your heart. Oh, so much. Know? It's, it's, it's so he's much. changing it from ice into just oh, a puddle stop of water. It. Uh, I, I wasn't always, I, I wasn't pure ice. It, it, I had icy parts, but that's all right. I mean, last thing I want to say on this, I just found it, I found this interesting, is I barely heard from you all week. <laughs> it's true. Which is rare, like, because plus as well, I was sending you things, like, um, because I knew you were away, I sent you uh, a link to Faith uh, announcing her engagement, which is con- uh, incredible, and congratulations mm-hmm. to Faith. Very much so. Um, and so I, I sent you that, and I was like, I didn't hear from you. And I was like, what? what where is he? That was my, <laughs> like, I, I, it's usually not very long until you get back to me about these things. Oh, especially uh, something as monumental as, as you know, our, our dear friend Faith getting engaged. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was a big freaking deal. Um, and, and I think we were on our way to Florida at that point or something along those lines. Whatever it was, we were – oh, you know what it might have been? If It, it might have been during – Father's Day because we went we we went to my parents the Saturday before we left went to a Lindsey Sterling concert then had Father's Day then got on the plane so it's been a whirlwind since a week and change ago and I think whatever you sent that to me it was at some point during that whirlwind when I just didn't have a chance really to say anything about it but yeah I totally understand I declared Twitter bankruptcy yep. about a thousand and four times during last week. Oh, I do that so much these days. Yeah, I used to feel so guilty about it, and I've gotten a lot better about it since then. Um, but since, you know, I don't know, six months ago or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I declared Twitter bankruptcy more often than not. And the only thing I really was fairly diligent about keeping up with was our Slack room. Like, I, I, would, I would make sure I read everything in the evening time because I, I didn't want to miss any of that. But I missed so much of Twitter. Some days that could take a while. Yeah, it, yeah, it can take a while. And the interesting thing about um, about missing out on Twitter was, I don't really think I missed out on anything, which was an uncomfortable realization to come to because I freaking love Twitter, and um, and I feel like I'm I, I I often feel like I'm missing out if I'm not up to date on Twitter. And some days like today, that's kind of a big deal because you know today was the day that um, Apple Music came out, and so um, you know there's a lot of chatter on Twitter about that, but. In the grand scheme of things, was anything that any of us said, myself included today, really important past today? Nah, not really. And so by declaring Twitter bankruptcy repeatedly and not really feeling like I had missed out on anything, uh, that kind of reinforces to me that I can 
declare Twitter bankruptcy more often. Although I should point out the only exception to that was I didn't know about the Supreme Court ruling in the United States about gay marriage, which I was overjoyed to see, and I didn't see that for hours. Now, didn't really matter that I didn't see it for hours, but I was really, really, really excited to see that, and um, and I was a little bummed that I didn't know right when it happened. Yeah, that was great. I had no idea that it was even in uh, nor did the I. Supreme Court. Like, I, I didn't know anything about this, and all of a sudden it just happened. Yep. No, I, same here. Um, it was one of those great internet days. Oh, God, yeah, it was. That it, was what you missed, you know? Yeah, it was something else that was going on right around the same time that I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, The uh, flag. Yeah, then the, when the flag brouhaha seemed to subside in, in, in the favor of stuff that makes sense. So, um, yeah. And then Obama sung Amazing Grace. Oh, I, did, I heard that that had happened. I haven't watched the video, though. Yeah, so all of those, basically it was just a ton of stuff happened on one day. And then there are also some horrible things as well. Well, it's the internet. There have to be at least a couple of those. No, like like horrible world events. But oh well, yeah. It, unfortunately, you have to take the good with the bad. Anyway, yeah. I've been I've been running my mouth a lot. Um, but yeah, it was a great trip. We had a lot of fun. All of it was good. I would get getting to see family you don't get to see often was good. Um, getting to see my friend get married was good. Um, he was kind of the last uh, fallen soldier, if you will, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. It's just pretty much all of our other. Mutual friends have been have been married anywhere between a couple of months um, to you know many years like Aaron and I, and so he was kind of the last one to go, and uh, it, that was both wonderful and sad all at the same time. Um, so I was glad to see that happen. But so it was a great trip, and and if I'm sounding a little morose, it's only because I'm so sleepy and a little bit sick. But I had a great time, and and I'm hopeful that Aaron and Declan and I can go back to Florida sometime when it's not a million and seven degrees and uh, go visit family again and uh, go visit my friend and then um, maybe go visit Disney one more time. There's something else that I want to explore your feelings about. Okay. Uh, But before we do that, let me thank our first sponsor for this week's episode and that's our friends over at lynda.com, the online learning platform that have over 3,000 on-demand video courses that can help you strengthen your business technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, head on over to lynda.com slash analog. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog. Lynda.com is for people that want to learn awesome stuff, and they do that by having absolute experts who are super passionate to teach you this awesome stuff. Maybe you want to learn how to use Excel. Right. So and maybe this I, and, you know, this can go from like just basic understanding of how to use these programs into going into like all of the craziness that you can do in this sort of stuff. You know, maybe you want to learn a little bit, you know, you want to get started with development. Right. So you go and do iOS app development and you want to look at Swift. You want to start there and you kind of just do uh, just a nice introduction. And then a couple of months later or a couple of years later, you're full on, right? You, you understand Xcode because you've been doing more great London.com courses. And then you decide you want to get into design stuff. So you want to take uh, Photoshop courses and Illustrator courses because you want to not only have a great looking app, you want to have a great looking site as well that goes along with it. And you want to have, just have some great logos and stuff. You can do all of this with Lynda.com. One of my favorite things about Lynda.com is that they can basically help you start to finish, learn some skills, and then do stuff with those skills, right? Because once you've then built that app and you've got that great design, you can learn how to do marketing and you can learn how to do some business stuff and you can learn how to build a website. You can do it all. I think it's so cool. Like You can just go from start to finish, whatever your idea, your dream, your hobby 
is you can go and learn great stuff with Lindo.com, but they can also just help you get better about the stuff that you do every single day. They can help you with learning how to understand how to do your job better, and you can do that kind of stuff as well. It really is a very, very cool resource. You can stream these videos on demand on their iPhone app, on the web, on their Android app. You can watch them on the go wherever you want. They have their great transcripts that help you follow along, and you can create and save playlists of your favorite courses or your favorite pieces of courses that you can then customize and you can send them to other people as well. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to go ahead and visit Lynda.com slash analog right now to sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much to Lynda.com for their continued support of this show. Excellent. So what else? Something sad happened to you. Um, okay. Did it? Top Gear ended, like, fully properly ended. Oh, yeah. How was that? So, the very, they did a special which had the couple of longer films that they had, they had put together for the last couple of episodes that never got aired because of the fracas or fracas or however you pronounce that word with uh, Jeremy Clarkson. And so they had James May and Richard Hammond do some in the studio, like, um, I forget the term for it, but like little uh, clips to kind of bridge the gap between these two, these two films. And this is the last time that there will be a Top Gear that I know. They're, they're, they've already announced that there will be a Top Gear. It's Chris Evans that's going to be yep. the new host, um, mm-hmm. who has made an appearance on the Top Gear that I know and love. And I quite liked him. Um, and I, th- I think he'd probably be a great host. But it's not the Top Gear I'm used to. Quick aside, what do you think about Chris Evans? I think he's the perfect replacement. Yeah. So he's nowhere near like those guys. But if you're going to do it, He's the man to do it because he is a fantastic presenter, one of the best presenters in British TV. He's been around forever and he's done a ton of stuff. Uh, He's absolutely fantastic. Like he's been doing this forever, basically. Um, And he is an absolute car nut, like a huge car nut. Mm hmm. So he is, he is the right person to do this. He's very entertaining. He's very funny. He knows his stuff. Um, And I've been reading, I read a little thing that the BBC wrote about this. Uh, a couple of days ago and you know he they they seem to be very much like they've got like an open casting call on this and um they're also like they 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 seem very very confident that they're going to have a female presenter so most likely be Jody Kidd mm-hmm. they seem very very dead set on that um but it's going to be a very different show Oh, it's going to be totally different, which isn't a bad thing. Um, and I can't think of a great example off the top of my head, but there have been times uh, – The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Um, gosh, who was it? Craig Kilborn used to host it, I think, and it was great. I mean, I didn't really watch it. I was too young at the time to really understand any of it, I think. But everyone thought, oh, when Craig Kilborn's leaving – I think I have that right uh, – when he's leaving and this Jon Stewart character takes over, it's going to be a disaster. And it ended up that Jon Stewart just did a phenomenal job, unbelievable job, for like a decade or two. And it could be like that. It could be that, that Chris Evans and perhaps Jody Kidd and someone else, they could do even better. It could end up a better show than the one I love so much. But – because I don't know that, and because all I know is the thing I love in the way I know it is ended, not ending, but ended, 
Uh, I'm sad about it. And so um, it aired Sunday evening, as Top Gear always does. Um, and we were flying back from Florida at that point. And so last night, Aaron and I watched it while I was sick in bed. And it was not the ending I would have wanted, but it was not an unreasonable ending. It was tough because these segments were clearly filmed from the perspective of three presenters that thought they were going to go on forever. And as it turns out, that's not what's happening. Um, but some of the segments were just phenomenal and I was belly laughing. They were so funny. And in many ways it was, it was kind of a fitting end because it was three guys who really enjoy each other acting like idiots doing something with cars which is pretty much how Top Gear is. Have mm -hmm. you seen it? No, I uh, I haven't seen most of the season. Uh, I started watching it, and then it, all the, the kind of the news unfolded and everything, and I kind of got a bit sad. And then uh, I don't know. I I just I haven't. I need to basically see the whole season effectively. Yeah, I mean it. It was a pretty good season. It's just or series in, in your terms, but uh, it's just, it's sad. It's sad when something you love isn't going to be around anymore. And that's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's part of life, but it bummed me out. Like I, I enjoyed the episode, but I was genuinely, genuinely sad when it ended. Now there's a lot of rumblings about them going to Netflix or what is it? ITV. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like the rival The ITV is like the commercial op operation. Right. Whereas, so they have ads, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I'm pretty confident we haven't heard the end of that trio, but, well, trio plus Andy Wilman, the producer. Um, but it's still, you know, it's not the way it was. And that makes me super sad. But, you know, life goes on and, and we'll see what, we'll see what comes out of this. You know, it may be that they do something that's pretty different themselves and maybe that will be better. Um, we'll see. But uh, it was it was a sad night last night. I was sick. I was tired. And Top Gear ended. <laughs> Apparently, uh, filming on the new Top Gear is going to begin within the next few weeks. Oh, is so, that right? Yeah, you don't have long to find to wait until you find out who it is. Oh wow! Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people uh, told me via email and Twitter that um, shoot, I forget the gentleman's name, but I want to say it's Guy Martin um, is another really good potential replacement. Um, and he apparently is a motorcycle racer um, from some portion of England where he has a super thick accent and talks at a million miles an hour. And I watched a segment, like a 10-minute documentary on him that somebody had pointed out to me. And he does seem like, personality-wise, he'd be a great presenter for a show like Top Gear. But for my American ears, I couldn't understand but every three or four words that he said. Now... Granted, it's a BBC television show that's not really designed to be for my American ears, but uh, I don't agree with that. Well, uh, today, it today Top Gear is is and will be developed, in my opinion, to be a worldwide television show because it's the most popular television show in the world. Like you yeah. know, it's and BBC won't. I'd be very surprised if BBC put somebody in because there's been, you know, we've had people do X Factor in the US who came from UK X Factor that had to leave the show because they couldn't, because Americans couldn't understand what she was saying. Um, and I, I would be surprised if, uh, if the BBC did that. But, you know, we'll wait and see, I guess. Indeed. 
All right. Do we want to do some very quick follow-up about sneakers? <laughs> Definitely. Um, this comes from TJ, and TJ uh, actually helped spell out to us because for some reason we couldn't remember the point and usefulness of Liz in the uh, in the whole movie, right? So, mm-hmm. like, um, the idea being that when Marty goes to see Liz, he's like, I can't do this without you, and me and you know, both of us couldn't really work out what it was that she brought to the table specifically. Um, and it was because in the initial scene where she's going to, where they're going to like steal the box or get intel from the mathematician, Liz is there to explain the math lecture to Marty. Mm-hmm. To Marty. So she, to Marty. She figures <laughs> out kind of what he's been talking about and right. kind of helps him along with that. Um, many people mentioned the Marty thing. Uh, most people said I was crazy for not liking this movie. Um, and Ed uh, Ed wanted to mention um, regarding the last scene in Sneakers right so when they're on the TV um, and we said like how kind of there was a couple of things that were weird about it one being that I couldn't understand why Marty and co had basically reused the box again Um, and the other being like it was just ham fisted Um, but basically what he's saying is the point is that it wasn't Bishop and co that would rebuild the box. This was to point out how the NSA, James L. Jones, fulfilled his promise to Whistler to provide peace on earth and goodwill towards man. So he'd taken money away from politicians and given it to humanitarian agencies. That is, that makes more sense, but I still, my point remains of like, are we supposed to expect that nobody could understand what happened here? Um, that, that was a little bit stupid. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put that together because I knew that when I'd watched the movie previously, but for some reason I just did not even think about it when we uh when we were talking about it. So thanks to Ed for uh keeping us straight on that. Um some other big news not related to sneakers, but uh big news in your world. Um XOXO is available. It's or well, they they've started releasing tickets for it. And I know that in years past you've gone at least the last couple of years, is that right? I've been to one. Oh, I thought it was more than that. Okay. No, I've only been to one, and I went two years ago, um, and I missed last year. Uh, for a, there was a specific reason. I was doing something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I was in Italy. I was actually having a real holiday um, in Italy during uh, the time of XOXO. And uh, I think, I've men- obviously, I've mentioned this on the show, right, when talking about Portland. The tickets are out there. I think they're all sold out now. Um, they're oh, okay. all gone. Okay. You didn't apply for this? That's correct. Okay. You have no interest in this one? Uh, it's not that I have no interest in it. It's just that um, what with me needing to take time off from work in order to do it, and also for me to run away from Aaron and Declan in order to do it, um, it's it's a big ask. And it just, because I don't know any better, it didn't seem like it was worth it. But I, it's not that I don't want to go sometime. It's just that all the things that need to happen in order for me to go, it didn't seem worth that trade off. Um, but apparently there's something with regard to significant others getting a ticket. So why don't you tell me about that? Yeah. So Doug Bill wrote in, uh, Doug Bill from the chat room and he asked a couple of questions. So he asked what the, like, what the status is, did our significant others get tickets? Obviously just me. And then a couple of questions about like accommodation and stuff for XOXO. So I figure I may as well answer these here as we do for WWDC as well. Um, both me and Adina applied. We applied for full tickets. Um, well, that was our intention, was we were going to see if we could try and get full tickets, like conference tickets. What, what's the difference between the full and the not full ticket? 
they do a conference pass and a festival pass. The festival pass gets you into like the events that they have in the evenings. So they do like movie events and uh, game events and music and stuff, like like a festival. Okay. Uh, but you don't get the talks. Gotcha. Okay. And it's a cheaper ticket. Mm-hmm. And there are more of the festival tickets. Alrighty. We both applied, and we both have received the uh, opportunity to purchase a conference ticket. Oh, excellent. Uh, which we have both done. Excellent. So we both have tickets, but currently uh, it is undecided if we're going to be attending. Even though you bought the tickets? Well, I can refund them up until August 21st. Oh, okay. So why wouldn't you go? It's expensive. Uh, It's going to cost us a lot of money to get there and stay there. Uh, Flights are pretty expensive to Portland and then we need to get hotels as well we both really really want to do it and like in that regard there's no question it's just making sure we can do it yeah so it's just kind of like a we're gonna wait and see we both really really want to go and we're actually going away for a very short holiday this weekend uh which we have downgraded from an abroad holiday to a UK holiday oh where are you going because uh we're just going to Bath which is one of my favorite places um, although it's actually going to be hotter this weekend in Bath <laughs> than some of the other places we were looking in Europe, um, we downgraded that to save a little bit more money. Good. Um, and then the idea is hopefully that we'll be able to do it. Uh, it's it is it's expensive, um, but we would really really like to go because a bunch of our friends are going to be there. And it'll be nice for me to see them, but even more so, I would like Adina to meet them. And also, I want her to see Portland, and I want her to have a, a U.S. holiday this year because she went through all of the rigmarole of getting a visa. Is that challenging for her? For her, yeah, because um, America doesn't recognize Romania in the same way that it does some other European countries. Oh, oh, that's so. Stinky. Uh, I and some other people that are in Europe and around the world can apply for something called an ESTA, which is an electronic visa. And I have to do this once every three years or so, and I pay like $15 for the privilege. Uh, and basically, it just runs, runs this electronic check, and then you're done. You don't need to print anything about it. Like, you're just you're checked. It's fine. This is in order to get into the States? Yeah, you I have thought, to have this. Well, I, thought you, I thought you could just pitch up at the customs or not customs, at the uh, immigration counter at any American airport if you're a UK citizen and they'll let you in. Nope. I have to have an ESTA. What? Because I can. I can just roll into Heathrow tomorrow. Of course you can. Yeah, of course you can, because we're not America. Thank you for being That's gentle like, there. Yep. Yeah, uh, but uh, Adina had to like go to the embassy. She had to have interviews. She had to fill out paperwork. She was there for like three hours. And now she, um, and actually, they still have her passport. This was like two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, take your passport, great. right, to to put the visa in it. And then it was meant to have come back by now. And then she gets an email and it's like, the machine's broken. So we'll be sending it to you as soon as possible. Okay. Yep. And then they follow it up a couple of days later and they were like, you need to select a day for it to be delivered. So it should be coming on Thursday, so I'm waiting here to make sure that we can take delivery of that. So yeah, I, I want to make sure that she uses this because I just think it would be cool. She's never been to the US and I really want her to, to take that trip. So um, just a case of making the money work out. I mean, the reason is that we both have the money for it, but we're also trying to save for our house. Yeah. And 
like the amount that this trip is going to cost is like two months of savings. Oof, that's a lot. So considering we'd be saving for like four months or five months, it kind of sets us back a bit. But I'm confident that we can work it out. But the only thing is we don't have a lot of time before we actually need to buy those tickets, like the plane tickets. We need to do that within the next like four or five weeks. Yeah. But we'll work it out, I'm sure. I think um, I think you'll I think you'll end up going and I think you're gonna love it and I think Adina's gonna love it. I can't decide if she's gonna love Portland as much as you do. I can't make up my mind on that. So Joe just asked in the chat room, uh, would you consider kickstartering it like the Atlanta trip? That doesn't feel fair. Uh like the Pan Addict Atlanta trip was a thing that we did um to do like a video show of the pen addict and it had like awards and stuff uh and I'd, i and that was like a, a just this this cool thing I'd, i don't want to keep um getting people very kind people to pay for uh my trips everywhere because look the, the amount of money is i know that we could get enough people to to help i know that if we put it up there then it would be paid for because there are lots of very very kind people out there in the world uh but I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can afford it ourselves. But it's just one of those things where it's, it's enough money that we just have to seriously consider it before just buying the tickets. Yeah, yeah. And again, if it was just me, then I could maybe make it work a little more. But it's both of us, and and I want to help with that as well. So we're just trying to, we're just trying to find the right way around to make it work out right now. Yeah, uh, but it is. It's definitely. Uh, it's definitely on the cards. I hope you guys get to go, and I think you will. Um, but it's a tough call, and the fact that you're weighing, you know, these priorities is a good sign. I mean, that means you're growing up. You're, yeah, like, you're it getting, does. You're old and boring now, just like me. So, well, the thing is, though, even though I'm weighing it up, uh, I'm probably still going to do it anyway. But at <laughs> least I'm considering it. This is a step first. It's a step. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm not going all the way yet, but this is just a step. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I hope it works out. When is it again? September? September, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll uh, follow up, I guess, in late August and see whether or not you ended up hel- holding onto the tickets. And then I'm back out again in October anyway for release notes. Oh, to the States again? Yeah, um, in Indianapolis. Have you thought about like moving in with somebody for a month just to save on the two trips over the pond? Well, I mean, the second trip, it's it's I'm going to be helped with so I'm not, I'm, that's not going to cost me okay because i'm speaking oh um, right 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 i'm with you okay that makes it a little easier then yeah awesome all right do you want to uh, relay some feels i would love to do that so before we do let me take a moment to thank our friends over at red hat for sponsoring relay your feels as always what does it mean when every commercial bank in the fortune 500 relies on red hat for enterprise software well or what about every department in the executive branch of the u.s government or every airline in the fortune global 500 well it means that more than 90 percent of all the companies in the fortune 500 understand the value of supported enterprise open source software and what that can bring to their businesses if the value of open source is rapid innovation freedom and interoperability that comes from community power 
power technology. Then the value of Red Hat is taking responsibility for that technology, testing it, enhancing security, and certifying that it will work in your data center. So what is Red Hat doing that is making such a big difference? Well, it's simple. Simple, but not easy. They make sure that you get all of the benefits of open source without the risk of doing it all yourself. No one else can make that promise, much less keep it. So visit redhat.com to see how they can help your enterprise of application development, storage, and cloud computing. Red Hat, different for the sake of better technology. All right. So we have uh, some Relay of Fills, and this one comes in via the story so far on Twitter. Can you talk about slacking off on housework and working from home? (laughs) So... This is an interesting thing uh, that initially happened and still happens a little bit with me at home. Uh, And, you know, I will preface this if you remember that I currently live at home with my mum and Adina too at the moment. Um, Basically, when I first uh, when I first left my job to do the the full arm working at home thing, I had to basically uh, evaluate with people in my life and reiterate that just because I'm at home doesn't mean I'm not working. <laughs> and, and and I still get this from different groups of people where there's like this idea that if you're at home, that it means that you can do things that you would normally do when you're at home. So like clean up stuff or hoover stuff vacuum stuff or general housework things um and i do those things i mean i don't do enough of them as i probably should without like (laughs) a bit of pushing Uh, but i do i do chip in with that kind of stuff um but it it was just this interesting thing of being like i i feel like you need to respect my job a little bit more yeah yeah that was the thing that kept happening because it was like you would never have called me home from the bank to take some boxes to the garage. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That wouldn't have been something that happened. But it was interesting. I do um but I do procrastinate with these things anyway though. Like, you know, I slack off with them and I meant to do X and I just don't do it. But one thing that I found really interesting is I sometimes use housework as procrastination for real work. Right. Procrastination. Yeah, so that's one of my procrastination things uh, is to do some housework rather than edit a show or something. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I've worked from home more often now that Declan's around than I did in the past. And Aaron and I will sometimes um, get a little frustrated with each other because there are times that I'm genuinely working on something and knee-deep in something, and she says, hey, can you help me for a minute? And I'm... Like, well, yeah, but it's really going to screw up my whole world for the next hour because by the time I help you and figure out what I was up against and then start to get back in the groove of things and then finally get back to what I was working on, you know, it kills 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Um, and so sometimes I'll, I'll tell her, no, no, not, I can't right now. But I think sometimes I let myself use that as an excuse when really I could just get off yeah. my fat behind and go help her. Um, and so we've gotten into a couple of um, disagreements about that. And, and I, I think she was right to call me out on it. And I've tried to be a lot better about that. But um, it's tough because on the one side, you know, you want to be available for the people that are home and around you. But on the other side, you're working, you know, and you, that that's a real thing. And you 
you don't want to get in the habit of saying, oh, I'll just finish that in a minute because then you'll never get anything done. Um, we have from Chris. Chris wanted to know, did we use Slack as a meetup tool in, when we were in San Francisco? I don't even remember. I don't think we did much. I think we did a little. Yeah, I think we did a little, but it was the, basically we just used it to communicate the way that we usually do. But this time we were all in the same town, so we were able to communicate about things that were real locally. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I will say, though, is that I do remember vividly using Slack to coordinate what events we were all going to. So, for example, uh, Three Ring Binder, which was um, Merlin's um, comedy show, um, we were all like discussing, you know, who's going to that? Are we all going? Should we all go? Um, there were a couple other things. I don't recall specifically what else, but we were going back and forth about, you know, you know who's going to what and you know and and things of that nature and so we did use slack for that but in terms of day-to-day stuff i think all of us were booked so darn solid before we even arrived in san francisco that really we were just going through the motions at that point you know yeah i mean i know that i used some of the like the direct messaging stuff to uh coordinate different things with different people like I, I did use it but mainly just because for a selection of people maybe like 25 30 people in my life slack has become the main way that i communicate with them right right so like me and you very rarely are iMessage now we used to iMessage all the time but now we're just talking slack chats usually yeah so i mean it is interesting how that has changed but it really has changed things for me, so I'm not surprised that we would have used it for to, to coordinate things together. Yep. All right. Any other feels? Uh, this is an interesting one. It's just a, a, a little one, and I, I'm I'm more interested on a slightly different tangent of this. But Kevin wondered, what is your preferred term of endearment for various family members? So, can you just say these? three here because the like two of them are very american and i won't do them justice <laughs> which which one's the so mom is american right because it's mum yep. to you mom yep uh dad and grandpa is that's not a britishism we don't use grandpa we say granddad ah interesting okay and then we don't say grandma we say nan Oh, that's super interesting, and we'll we'll get to why in just a second. But um, well, at least that's the way it is for me. I mean, there are people that do it, but most of the people that I know say mum, dad, uh, nan, and granddad. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that's your that's that's what your family used. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I have a surprisingly complex answer to this question. Um. My dad's parents. Um. My grandmother, my dad's mom, is nan. I have no idea where that came from. No one in my immediate family is British, um, but somehow or another, <laughs> she's always been Nan. Um, her, uh, my dad's dad uh, is Pop, so it was Nan and Pop. Um, Nan and Pop got divorced when I was like 10, and Nan eventually remarried. Uh, I was younger than that, actually, come to think of it. But anyways, Nan eventually remarried, um, and she remarried a guy whose actual name is Richard, but... Um, he's always gone by Sookie, S-O-O-K-Y, um, which I guess was a movie or a TV show from quite a long time ago. And the character Sookie like wore his baseball cap in a particular fashion. Maybe it was backwards, maybe it was to the side or whatever the case may be. And, um, my step-grandfather who is still around has been to, to my youngest brother is arguably more his grandfather than his blood grandfather is. Well, anyways, um, Sookie apparently wore his baseball cap the same way the character Sookie did. And so that name 
was a nickname when he was a kid that just stuck ever since. Um, so that's dad's side. And then mom is just my mom's parents are grandma and grandpa. Um, but what, where this became interesting, though, and maybe this is what you were alluding to earlier, is what do my parents and Aaron's parents call have Declan call them? And granted, he isn't talking yet, but there was a lot of um, of discussions about what they all wanted to be called. Um, my parents are still together. Uh, Aaron's parents are divorced. And so um, ma- the, both moms are grandma, um, grandma lists. Oh, is it, is it going to be like, are you going to split it up that way? I think so. Like- so it'll be grandma list and grandma Burkett. Um, and then um, the dads, I know my dad wants to be called Gramps, which is weird because in America, that's often like, um, it's a, a derisive comment. Like it's a way to call yeah. somebody old and like, yeah, hey, Gramps. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And he just decided that's what he wanted. So, um, so it's, so my parents are Grandma Liss and Gramps. And then Aaron's mom is Grandma Burkett, and Aaron's dad, I believe, is Grandpa, but he hasn't really made a formal declaration about what he wants. It, it's either Grandpa or Granddad, so I'm not entirely sure which. But um, like I said, it's not really relevant quite yet. But it was funny because I don't think any of us really thought about that question until he, around the time he was born. And we were like, oh, what are you going to be called? And every all four of them were like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so they all had to kind of, uh, you know, have a have a think about it. Uh, and you and Aaron, is it like mom? mom oh, actually, that's a good I question. Can't do it. Um, I, I refer to Aaron as mama, which is weird because being from the Northeast, I associate mama as a very Southern thing. And granted, I'm in... I, you, by most measures, I'm in the South now, um, and so it's not. You finally admitting to that. By most measures, I'm in the <laughs> South, in that I am south of the Mason-Dixon. However, I think the South truly and genuinely begins just south of us. Anyway, um, so I refer to Aaron as Mama a lot, but I think if I were to choose, we would be Mom and Dad. Um, I don't. We'll see what happens. I figure he'll kind of figure it out as he gets older. Um, but it is wild because if we ask Declan, where's mom or where's mommy or where's mama? Cause we kind of bounce between all of them. Um, he typically will look at Aaron. And if we, if she asks, you know, where's dad or daddy or dada, um, he'll typically look at me and he's starting to recognize his own name as well, which is really wild and really cool because now we're starting to see like a, he's more than like I was talking before, he's more than just a lump. He's starting to turn into a bit of a person, um, which is really, really cool. I think that about wraps it up for this week. Excellent. If you want to find our show notes on the internet, you can do that at relay.fm slash analog slash 47. Casey is at Casey list, C A S E Y L I S S on Twitter. You can add a dot com at the end and you will find his website. And I am at iMike, I M Y K E. And uh, thanks again to our sponsors this week, Linda and Red Hat. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Casey list. I'll see you later, Mike.